the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Assurance. When you die, do you have assurance that heaven will be your home? Welcome to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick, a ministry of Canyon Ridge Baptist Church in San Diego. You'll hear verse-by-verse preaching that will help you know and love Jesus in a personal and practical way. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 and listen in to this message in progress as we learn from the Bible how to have assurance. Things don't just happen if God's not the initiator. No matter what happens in the life of the believer, the providence of God will use it for our temporal and eternal benefits. Sometimes by saving us from heartache, other times by allowing us to go through heartache. And this is clearly seen with the children of Israel in the Old Testament. Moses said in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 15, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth uh, water out of the rock of Flint. So he says this, God led you through a great and terrible wilderness, a huge wilderness. My wife and I went through that wilderness, the Wadi Rum Desert in Jordan, the path that the children of Israel would have crossed. And let me tell you, it is vast, it is large, it is hot, and it is dry had a cloud over them in the day and a fiery pillar by night to keep them warm, but it was still a difficult journey and there is no water there. God brought you to a place where there's no water in the midst of a desert where there is no shade. Why did he do that? He, so that he could bring forth water out of the rock of Flint. Flint doesn't produce water. Flint produces spark. Flint produces fire. Who fed thee, the Bible goes on to say, verse number 16 of Deuteronomy chapter eight, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, that he might prove thee to do thee good in the latter end. The Lord did not lead his people through 40 years of difficulty and hardship to bring on them arbitrary difficulties, but to bring them good, the good that sometimes must come by divine discipline and divine refining. God, if I could say it this way, had the intent or the desire to toughen up and prepare the children of Israel for the battle that lie ahead of them. Now, we have to remove their faithlessness that caused it to be 40 years, but there was a plan, according to Scripture, for it to be two or three years of difficulty and trial, of learning to to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, to learn to grow in faith, to learn to grow in trust of the Lord. And God had to take them through some challenges in order for them to understand understand that. We know that all things work together. God's still working today. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number eight, 
Or verse number nine, the Bible says, furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Lord of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he or God for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yielded the peaceful fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. If you're a believer, understand this, God's gonna allow some things or cause some things to come into your life so that you will grow in your faith and trust for him. So that you will grow in your dependence on him so that you will be spiritually profited. Well, I don't like it. Right, it never seems joyous in the moment. Bring, bring that verse back up, Hebrews uh, verse 11, 12, 11. It, 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 it's not joyous in the moment. Matter of fact, it stinks. Matter of fact, it, you hate it. As a matter of fact, you do anything in the world you could to get out of it. As I say that, there's things that probably come to everyone's mind. It's grievous. The word grievous is a strong word. It's emotive in its nature of a person kind of bent over and weeping. Nevertheless, or in the end state, afterward, it yielded the peaceful fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. You, you, you've exercised this fruit. You've, you've worked through this chastening. It wasn't fun. It wasn't easy. It wasn't a great day. God doesn't promise every day is a good day. Matter of fact, he says in this world, you'll have tribulation. But at the end, afterward, it yielded a peaceable fruit of righteousness. It, it helped us conform to Jesus Christ. It helped us to grow in in faith. It helps us to grow in trust. The, the dark night of the soul turns into the daylight of joy in Jesus. I, I mean, it's difficult, but there's joy in the end. And so it is that God can take all various poisons, all the various good and bad things of life, and bring them together in a divine medicinal synergism and cause them to be for the ultimate healing and wholeness of the soul. Bring them all together and cause them to be for the ultimate healing and wholeness of the soul. The lost friendship that still breaks your heart Keeps you awake. Get a little nauseous. Just me saying it causes a little bit of, and I don't even know who, who it is or what it would be. It just causes a little bit of turmoil. 
the lost job. What, why did I get fired? What did I do? Or why did I do that? The breakup. Now, for some of you in here, breaking up is easy. You've broken up so much. I mean, good grief. You're like a bag of pretzels at a daycare center. I mean, it's just like, man, you heard the song, Breaking Up is Hard to Do. You had to ask somebody what that was all about. Why is that hard? I break up with anybody all the time. But that's not the way it is for most of you. The divorce. You fall asleep wondering what happened, what you did wrong. You wake up with no answers. You fall, maybe you fall asleep wondering why you did what you did. Why did I do that? I can't believe I did that. The unexplained sickness. God, why is this happening to me? Especially if you've been trying to live for Christ, right? I'm trying to live for you and here I am getting sick. I'm trying to live for you and they stab me in the back. My Lord is trying to live for you and I stab them in the back. The financial crisis. Lord, we've tried to be wise with our resources and do the right thing. How can this happen? The death of a loved one. See, here's you can put whatever you want in there that's really difficult. That's the scope or the extent of all things. And all things have a synergistic effect to work together for what? For good. For good. It's the word agathos. It's where we get our word agatha or name agatha, which means goodness. It's combined of two words, agathon, which basically means that which is morally or inherently good, that which is in and of itself of good quality. It's morally or inherently good of good quality. In other words, you probably didn't buy it at the dollar store. I'm not trying to be funny. That's just what it means of good quality. Dollar stores have its place. It's like a party for two-year-olds. That's where you want to get stuff. Agathos is good quality. It's inherently good. And then kalos, or agathon rather, is, is, is good. Kalos means good on the outside. It's, it's nice to look at. So on the one hand, you, one hand, you have outward goodness. On the other hand, you have inward goodness. So, so the word here is a combination of those. It's agathos. And that is to say, it is ultimately and intrinsically and morally good, not just superficially good. On the outside and the inside, it is morally good. It's intrinsically good, and it looks good. It brings about good. It's the same word that we read in Galatians chapter 6, verse number 10. We have, therefore, opportunity. Let us do good unto all men. Let us do morally good and gracious and kind things, especially unto them who are the household of faith. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 28. Let him that stole steal no more. Stop stealing. Stop cheating on your taxes. Stop robbing banks. That's what it means. But rather, let him labor. Go to work. Working with your hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. 
This does not mean, this verse does not mean that we always get what we want, but we get what is best. And that really goes back to how the Holy Spirit prays for us in verse number 26 and 27. He's interceding for us, praying according to the will of God, that what? That good will come from this. We know that all things work together for good. The confidence in our security, the extent of our security. And then I want you to notice finally, the recipients of our security or of security. To them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. There is only one qualification to enjoy this promise. This is exclusively for God's children. He has promised to work everything for our good. Those who love God. Those who have a great affection and a care for and a loyalty toward God. This is the only time in Paul's writing that he talks about our love for God. He repeatedly mentions God's love for believers. But here is the only time in this entire letter that he talks about our love for God. The good that a believer experiences is not a reward or a repayment for their love. God is not like the sinner that Jesus refers to in Luke chapter 6, verses 32 and 33, who only love and do good to those who first love them. The love that believers have for God is a response to the love that he first had for them while they were still sinners, while they were still enemies of God. If you like what you've heard so far, check out CanyonRidgeRadio.com. You can see videos and listen to hundreds of Bible messages that will help you in your walk with the Lord. You can also send a message to me and Pastor Chadwick. Check us out at CanyonRidgeRadio.com. Now, back to the message in progress. Romans chapter 5, verse number 8. The Bible says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans chapter 5, verse number 10 says, For if we, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We were reconciled to God when we were the enemies of God. God loved us first. And the natural response, the intended response, can I say it this way? The required response is for us to respond in kind, though not in quantity or quality, but in kind and love God. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. If you're here and you're like, yeah, I don't want to be a Christian, but I want good things to work out for me. This promise isn't for you. It's not yours. It's not for you to have. I've got some special things for my family. I've got some special things for my children. And therefore, the Chadwick, or we could even make it even more specific, the Chris Chadwick family, there's an exclusivity. They're not for the Shifus family, though I love the Shifus family. They're not for the Shifus family. They're not for the Smith family. They're for my family. And you have some of the same things. There are things that I'm going to give my children, uh, my daughters, when I die. There's some things that, that, that uh, are specifically laid aside for them. Uh, there's some things I've been working on for, for years to give to them when I die. Uh, I, I've got things for them. And it's exclusive. It's not for anyone other than the Chris Chadwick family. 
And you would do the same. You should do the same. And here's what God says. We know that all things work together for good. Great. No, no. All things don't just work together for good. All things work together for good to them that love God. Here's the question. Are you a Christian? Do you know if you died today that heaven would be your home? Are you confident in your salvation? Well, I want, I, want, I want God to work all these things out. Well, remember, we're not saying that good things means that he's gonna take you to the spiritual Disneyland every day. The apostle Paul went through a great trial, but good came of it, which I'm about to talk about. But understand this. This is an exclusive promise for people who are saved and only for people who are saved. If you're here and not saved, we could honestly say this without being unkind and without taking the text out of context. The exact opposite is true. The Bible actually calls people who aren't believers in Jesus Christ, the enemy of God. We just read it, Romans chapter five, verse number 10. Christ died for you, he loves you, but you're his enemy. He says, no, I, I love God. I'm just not gonna accept Jesus Christ. Then the Bible says you're his enemy. Well, I, I mean, come on, pastor, you can't mean that. Well, it's, it's, I didn't write the Bible. God said that. Well, I don't know. Okay, then let me be super clear. Then God's your enemy. You don't know Christ, then God's your enemy. He loves you, but you ain't working together with him. All things will not work together for good to those who do not love God. But to those who have, a, have, have submitted their life to Christ, those who, have, who are saved and redeemed, those even believers who are not living in a state of open rebellion to God, all things work together for them. For those who are called according to his purpose, not only those who love God, but those who have submitted to God, those who are called. those who've been divinely called and surrendered to the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God in their life, who are called according to his purpose, his plan, the word purpose, prothesis, his setting forth, his, his agenda for their life. So all things work together for good to those who have been called by God and responded. They love God and they're following God's plan. Here's the point. God delivers the person who is saved and who is striving to live a pure and holy life. The person who truly loves God and is living a godly life is the person who experiences all things worked out for their good. It is the godly person who loves God that will be delivered from the struggling and the suffering of this corrupt world. Though it is doubtful, he will be be delivered from this world. All things still work for good. How? Well, because we know that nothing, verse 39, verse 38, that nothing separates us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Our things work together. Verse 38 of of Romans 8, I'm persuaded that neither death 
nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate me from the love of God if I'm saved and if I'm living for him. But if I run from him, things can happen that might not turn out for good. But as he brings punishment that we talked about or chastisement, the Bible word, Hebrews chapter 12 in our life, and we turn back to him, then good will come from that. Let me be super candid. This isn't some fairy tale little verse that deserves to be on everybody's wall because we bought it at Hobby Lobby. This passage of scripture is so deep and so powerful and should cause such internal inspection in our heart because of the the extent of the security that it promises and because of the, the, the limitations of the recipients of the security, the confidence in our security. One of the most foolish things in all the world to be is to be confident in something in which you should have no confidence. That's just heartbreaking. It's like putting a seatbelt on and getting in the getting in an accident and we've seen this happen and the seatbelt doesn't hold. You put your confidence in it, but it was unworthy of our confidence. Is that your walk with the Lord? I don't want to make anybody doubt their salvation. Heavens forbid, heaven forbid, no. But I do think it's imperative that we understand that we are secure in Christ and we're saved. That is essential. And if you're saved, if you know Christ is your savior, here's what Paul says. You live, you live for God, all things are gonna work together for good. Doesn't mean you're not gonna face trouble. Doesn't mean you're not gonna face, you're, you're not gonna face trial. Doesn't mean you're not gonna face difficulty. You're gonna face all of those. You're gonna face all of those on a regular basis. But understand, God is gonna work those together for good. If nothing else, at the very least, the work together for good will mean your eternal home with God and the rewards that you'll receive for faithfulness in so doing. But it will most likely mean, verse number 29, for whom he did for no, he also did predestinate. Don't get lost in that word. We'll define it in a couple of weeks. Whom he did for no, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. The struggle, the difficulty, and the challenges that you go through are to, without a doubt, make you more like Christ. And if you're walking with Christ, they will. And if you're not, they won't. If you're not walking in Christ, you'll just be a bitter, angry person. You'll just be ticked off at the world. And godly people will be repulsive to you, and you'll probably be a little bit irritating to them. But if you're seeking the Lord, you're following the Lord, all things are going to work together for good. So two questions. Number one. Do you know Christ as your savior? If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your savior, let me be super, super candid with you. Jesus loves you and he died for you and he wants to give you eternal life. And it's super easy to be saved, but it's very, very costly. 
It's easy in this way that you have to express forgiveness, of, ask God for forgiveness of your sin. You have to admit that you're a sinner. Hey, don't, don't put stuff away. We're not done. This is the most important part of the service. You have to ask forgiveness of your sin because you understand that your sin separates you from God and will send you to a literal place called hell. And you can have the security that we talk about if you will ask forgiveness of your sin and place your faith totally and solely in Jesus Christ alone. By praying a prayer like this, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. And the best I know how in childlike faith, I ask you to come into my heart and to save me. In simple faith, I accept you as my savior. And I'm putting all of my faith and trust in you. And then thank him for saving you. You say, it can't be that easy. Oh no, it's that easy on your end, but it wasn't that easy on Jesus's end. It's easy for us, it's costly for him. But you can't come to Christ if you don't bow the knee to him. You can't come to Christ unless you humble yourself before him. You can't come to Christ trusting in your way or in yourself in order to be saved. You can only come to Christ if you repent of your sin and you accept Jesus Christ alone as your savior. And then Christian, for you, are you walking with Christ? Well, Pastor, I'm just tired of my life going this direction, all these bad things. Listen, all things can work together for good to them who love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. You're a believer, you're called. God has a plan for your life. Are you striving to live that plan? If you're not striving to live that plan, don't, don't, don't be surprised if it doesn't work out. It'll work out to those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose. And by the way, it'll be a beautiful thing. It'll be a beautiful thing. You follow the Lord. Oh, I could talk all day. Some of you feel like I have. This is such an amazing text of scripture. The high point of scripture. And my prayer today is that the spirit of God is talking to your life, speaking to you. And what he intends for you to do when he speaks is to obey. You've been listening to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick. Before we go, if you have any questions about what it means to be a Christian and how to go to heaven after you die, we invite you to visit our website, canyonridgeradio.com, for more information. We hope this episode of Canyon Ridge Radio has been an encouragement to you. Canyon Ridge Baptist Church is a growing church located in beautiful San Diego, California. If you're in the San Diego area, make plans to visit us this Sunday at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 5 o'clock p.m. at 6866 Linda Vista Road. For more information about our church, our pastor, or how to know Jesus as your Savior, visit our website at canyonridgeradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.